Are you ready to take back what's been stolen? Resurrection, are you ready to live? Oh, thank you. God is faithful, 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 faithful. And uh, let's just live with that for a moment. Thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. God and Gospel Ensemble. What is gospel? Good news. The Good News Ensemble. Amen. <laughs> oh, breathe. <laughs> That's so powerful. And I know that many of you today needed to hear this good news of a faithful God. Because I know that many of you had a hell of a week. And you needed some heaven today. <laughs> Oh. And that's part of what makes resurrection special. That's part of our vision and part of our dream is for the prayer that Jesus prayed to be answered right here. When Jesus said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Earth, heaven, right here. <laughs> that's the prayer. God really is so good. And God really is faithful. And I know that we have just begun to taste and experience what God holds for us and for this community. Oh, God is faithful. And uh, one of our great callings, I think, is to remember every day the faithfulness of God. The way that God breaks into our lives. The way that God reestablishes us and strengthens us and gives us a place to stand. And uh, that's called resolve. And we talk about resolve at the beginning of the year. And uh, how many of you have kept your uh, New Year's resolutions here on day 13? Hold your hand up high and wave it if you've kept your resolution. Okay, how many of you kept half your resolutions? Okay, how many of you have just thought about a resolution? <laughs> All right. Well, if you don't have a resolution, I invite you to join our congregational resolution for 2008. And that resolution can be summarized in two words. And those two words are, be fabulous. That's how God created you. Be fabulous. Last week, yeah, that's okay, go ahead. That's worth celebrating. And, uh, and when I say be fabulous, I'm not talking about that red carpet Hollywood kind of fabulous stuff. I'm not talking about fabulousness that you can buy. I'm not talking about fabulous that you can drive or fabulousness that you can wear. I'm talking about that fabulousness that comes from the inside out. Resolve fabulousness. And last week we, we talked about how one way to be fabulous is to carry gifts of light and love. We talked about some who block the light and others who follow the light and carry the light. And one way to be fabulous is to carry the light and follow the light. This week, the resolution's a little more simple than that. It's simply take a bath each day. It's the first step to being fabulous when you get up to begin the day. You might as well begin the day smelling good and feeling good. In fact, your mother probably taught you this one. But believe it or not, it's also a very deep spiritual principle. Today we're talking about baptism. 
And the word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means bath. In fact, in some traditions, some Christian traditions, they actually refer to baptism as the spiritual bath. It's immersing ourselves in the cleansing, whole love of God. In fact, in the Eastern tradition, infant baptism, before that baby is given their ceremonial baptismal clothes, they stand naked before the congregation in God, or held naked before the congregation in God, and they are actually dunked into the water, into the spiritual bath three times in the name of God the Creator, Jesus Christ the Savior, and the Holy Spirit. And then they are given their beautiful spiritual clothes made for that occasion and then held before the congregation as a symbol of love and light. And then they're given their very first communion. Usually it happens on the eighth day of birth in the Eastern tradition. The spiritual bath. And so one way to live our faith is to remember our spiritual I have a friend who has a very whimsical faith. I see her about four times a year, and I've been fascinated how she talks about a sign that she has posted in her shower. She steps into her shower, turns the water on, grabs the soap, starts shampooing, doing the whole thing. But right there is a sign that says, remember your baptism. Her shower is a reminder of the shower of God's love and God's grace. And so she goes into every day living her baptism, feeling that refreshment of God's love and God's presence. Grace is everything. And if we open ourselves, we will experience grace in the real stuff of life, including our showers. There's not been a time I've talked with her, she hasn't mentioned how important this is to her as a way of living her whimsical yet powerful faith. So her little daily exercise has challenged me to think about what it means to remember our baptism. And so I'm gonna go into Baptist mode here for a moment. I have a Nazarene background. But how many of you have a Baptist background? Wow, a lot, hold up, wow, about, Wow, over like 30, 40%. You're going to love this message today then. (laughs) Because I have taken my Baptist pill and I have a three-point message. I never do three-point messages, but today I will. (laughs) Just for the Baptist. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead like they do in the Baptist tradition, actually state the three points ahead of time. (laughs) To remember our baptism is number one, to remember Jesus. To remember our baptism is, number two, to remember who we are. And to remember our baptism, number three, is to remember our calling. First of all, to remember our baptism is to remember Jesus. Especially the Jesus who we see in today's scripture from Matthew 3. If you have your worship folder, pull it to to that section in Matthew 3. Because there are some powerful words. It's the moment where Jesus is spiritually transformed. At Jesus' baptism, Scripture says, The heavens opened, the Spirit descended, 
And a voice said, this is my own, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Jesus, at that moment, heard a voice. A voice that affirmed him for who he was and who he could be. A voice that would change him for the rest of his life. A voice that he needed to hear because later in his life he would hear other voices that would try to pull him away from the one true voice. The voices that would tell him he was called to throw over the government in Jerusalem, to throw over the Romans. A a, a voice that would tell him to gain power from a religious perspective. A, A voice that would try to tell him that that somehow he was himself special because of his ability to heal, to to get the focus away from God and and into his own powers. Voices that would try to pull him away from the challenges he would face. Voices that would try to pull him away from fully identifying with us and our suffering through his journey to the cross. Voices telling him that he was called to be comfortable. But Jesus kept holding on to the voice that spoke to him when heaven opened. A voice that said, you are my own, and with you I am well pleased. At that moment, Jesus went from being a follower of John the Baptist to being a leader in the name of his creator. John knew it happened. Jesus knew something had happened. Everyone there knew that something transformative had happened that would actually be the moment to ultimately change history. For without that moment, Jesus would not have had the fortitude and the strength to face the cross. And without that moment, he would not have ultimately been resurrected. That is the moment that set his ministry in motion and changed his character forever. It was spiritual transformation. Oh, if we could become more and more like Jesus and live his character. Here's a description of the spiritual transformation that happened in Jesus. Nothing will help us to understand spiritual transformation more deeply than a continuing remembrance of Jesus. Jesus was the most spiritually transformed person in history. Jesus lived in unbroken unity with God and yet sought nothing for himself by that unity. Jesus made no effort to impress. Indeed, Jesus refused the spectacular, spoke the language of the people, and kept silent when he did not know the answers. Jesus had no mixed motives, no service compromised by sly self-interest, nothing that did not fit the concept of God-likeness. The qualities of mature spiritual transformation were Jesus's in abundance. Gentleness, graciousness, quick forgiveness, bountifulness, courtesy, self-sacrifice, universal goodwill, channeling God's love toward all people. Of all this, Jesus was the perfect incarnation. Nor were all these superlative qualities of life automatic for Jesus or part of his naturally given character. 
These were his spiritual qualities because God was in him. And God was in Jesus because Jesus did what the rest of us are called to do. We are called to dedicate ourselves to keep our life open to God. Mm. Heaven opened. The heart of Jesus opened. God entered his heart in a new and transformative way. And he was forever transformed and changed. Remember your baptism. Remember Jesus and remember his spiritual transformation. Number two, remember your baptism and remember who you are. One of the unique things in this scripture is that when Jesus is baptized, the next thing that happens to him is he goes out into the desert where he faces 40 days of temptation. You'd think that there would be some celebration, some party, that for a while Jesus could bask in the transformation. But instead, Jesus goes from transformation to testing. And I think that the same thing happens to us. When we are baptized, we are not protected from the temptations and the challenges and the stresses of life. We are transformed to deal with those things. But those stresses, all that hellish stuff, is going to come our way. And in fact, it's hellish stuff that Jesus faces there in the desert. Satan comes and tempts him. And his temptation is our temptation. And the temptation is this. The temptation is to forget who we are. The greatest temptation in life is to be someone we are not. And that's exactly what Satan tried to do with Jesus. Satan tried to tell Jesus that he was identified by his hungers. That that's who he was. Satan said, you're hungry, so turn this into bread. Jesus would not allow himself to be defined by his hungers. Jesus also was tempted by Satan to become a person of great influence and power. Satan said, you can throw yourself down and you will be protected and saved. Show everyone how amazing you are. So Satan tried to tell Jesus that he would be identified by his influence and by his power and by his miracle working ability. And Jesus said, that's not who I am. And I will not be who you're trying to make me be. That's our same sort of test. We have a world that will try to define us by our woundedness, by our hungers, by our wish for success, by influence. And yet our scripture reminds us today that our baptism calls us to be a people of inward transformation. Who are we? We are followers of Christ. We are carriers of light. We are people who work for hope and justice. And as long as we remember our baptism and who we are, really, when you get down to it inside, without all the striving and the people-pleasing, when you get right down to it, 
We also are God's own and God's beloved with whom God is well pleased. Martin Luther, the great reformer, often faced temptations and challenges throughout his life and ministry, death threats. He was called a heretic. Many people tried to define him. And it says that at those moments when someone else tried to define him, he would put his hand on his forehead and say, I am baptized. He remembered the mark of his baptism, the place where he was touched by God. And because he had been touched by God, all those other influences and attacks and criticisms and hurts and threats and fears could not touch him. Remember our baptism and remember who you are. Not who they say you are, who you are, who you really are. Which brings us to the third point. To remember our baptism is to remember our calling. What was true for Jesus and is also true for us is this. Baptism is never an individual act. Baptism always happens in community. Baptism is about justice. Baptism is about calling and mission and sharing that transformation further. Ultimately, baptism is not just about changing our world, the world in here, but our world, (laughs) the whole world what Jesus did seems overwhelming but when we remember our baptism it becomes possible it's never just about us hear these words about how our spiritual transformation is world transformation Uh, this is Kathleen Norris a wonderful spiritual writer and some of her thoughts baptism is about celebrating the incomparable gift we receive as people beloved of God yet baptism is also about more fully engaging the responsibility that this identity entails The baptism of Jesus initiated his public ministry, which led him to the cross. For individual Christians, baptism is our call to the community of the church, which often provides us with the crosses that we must bear. Yet it is together as church that we are meant to witness to peace in a cruel and violent world and bring a message of hope in the face of despair. Whatever the worldly powers may be, ruthless dictators, corrupt, lobbyists, phony politicians, or unethical business people, Christians are called to witness to another and greater power. Our baptisms mark us for this purpose. Mm. Another and greater power. That power within ourselves, but also beyond ourselves as we live our call. Remember our baptism. Remember Jesus, remember who we really are, and remember our calling. And remind yourself in very tangible ways, like taking a spiritual bath every day. And in fact, I would challenge you this week, when you take a shower, to think of God's grace pouring over you. Or if you have the time, make yourself a wonderful bath. And get down as deep in that water as you can. And know that you are held by that water and held by God. And let that water slowly drain. And as it drains, let your stress and your fear, the temptations and hurts, let them float right down with it. And rise up 
knowing who you are, whose you are. I want us to be able now to remember our baptism in a very real and practical way. We're not all going to take a shower. We're not passing out shampoo or soap. <laughs> but we do want to honor one of the traditions that's been carried through the ages, which is a baptismal renewal ceremony. And in a moment, you'll have a chance to have that sprinkling of water as we pass through. As you fill the water, you may just fill a drop. May that drop of water remind you of God's grace and how that grace touches you and refreshes you. I do want to briefly make a comment for those who perhaps have not been baptized. Um, we can certainly talk to you about that, but let me also say we are not trying to coerce you into baptism in any way. Baptism is a gift, and gifts are never about coercion. So if you um, have not felt called to baptism, I want you to know that, that this is a, a spiritual home for you, and that does not make you less than um, than anyone else. We will not convert, coerce you with grace or coerce you with a gift. So for you, if you've not been baptized and are not interested in baptism at this time, let that water simply be a reminder of, um, of God's grace and that sense of um, refreshment that God brings to our souls. Remember our baptism.